Welcome back to episode 139 of the Rudest Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Dernlin, and today I'm joined on the show by new head wrestling coach at Campbell University, Scotty Sentis. Scotty, what's going on, my man? A lot. It's a whirlwind. All <laughs> angles. I'm sure, I'm sure you know about that. Yeah. Yeah. So before we jump into everything, I, I know, number one, congratulations on the, on the new job. I know, you know, how it is to jump into a position like this. You don't have any time to really, you know, feel, feel your way around. You just got to jump in and, and uh, attack things as, as they're coming your way. So how are things been going? Give us, give us a little insight into the last two weeks. I know there's been, take us inside of the whirlwind in the last two weeks before we jump into everything else. Well, well first of all, you, you find out just how big the wrestling community is. Um, so just a lot of blasts, a lot of, a lot of conversations with people. Um, my first steps have just been retaining my guys here, retaining the recruits. So I had to call each guy on the team, see where their heads were at and check in with them. Um, and then I'm in the hiring process uh, and scheduling. So I'm managing all three of those things at once. Um, so it's been busy. You know, it's been pretty much from 8 a.m. until 11 p.m. Uh, just until I get, get things in order. So – before we dig into and unpack all those things that you just talked about, I think one of the biggest things right now on, on the immediate future is getting these guys to the finish line of the school year. Right. So how, how does that look like, you know, we're in the aftermath of the NSA tournament. I'm, I'm sure the guys have settled in with their emotions. They're still trying to resolve their, their emotions about everything that, that we saw with the, the cancellation of the NSA tournament. But What's actually going on as far as how are you navigating the, the online classrooms and, and checking in and making sure guys are getting all their coursework done and meeting with their tutors and, and all those, those fun things? Yeah, it's definitely a unique situation, right? Because I can't call a guy in my office or, or check in with them. Um, so just meeting with the academic advisor. Hey, we know which guys we need to stay on. And then just calling each of those guys individually. Um, but yeah, it's tough. It's tough when a, when a kid's away from home because when they get to that online class, they, you know, tend to wait till last second or they don't feel piling up like they do when they're, they're here in the classroom. So it's been, uh, it's been unique. Um, it's been a unique challenge, but uh, so far things seem to be going all right. Yeah, it seemed like I, I think, you know, when we're talking, I'm, I've got th- three girls and now they're in, they're in homeschool. They're doing all this online stuff. So it's a bit unfamiliar with, with them, but for, for the majority of college students anymore, online activity is, is kind of the, the normal routine. You know, you get your, you get your class notes posted online, you know, once, once the session is done. So how much of an adjustment outside of the, the physical contact has it been with the guys? Um, you know, it's, it's actually probably a good thing just because there's a lot of other little things I have to take care of. Um, so not, not running a practice and, you know, everything's shut down here. It makes it a little bit easier for me to put some of my time in other areas. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really different. And there's a lot of question marks going forward in terms of training and are we going to be able to do summer training with this coronavirus? And, um, so it's had a lot of effects, but, um, it, it, it's, it's one of those things I've never had to navigate before, so I can't tell you how different it is. <laughs> I have nothing to compare it to. Yeah, I guess that, I, I guess for most people, they can say the same thing. You know, I, this is, this is a new unknown that, you know, I think for coaches that, that have been in, in the field for a long time, they're saying, well, at this point I've seen everything, but I, you know, once I got into coaching for a while, that never 
left my mouth because as soon as I said I've I've seen everything, something new pops up and it's a new experience. And that's, I guess, one of the fun. I guess this isn't fun, I, I guess. But we always have to adapt and we always have to embrace change because change is ever moving and ever, 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 you know, it's the most common thing in coaching is the unexpected. So this first big unexpected thing is, is, you know, one of the biggest things you have to navigate through, but how is the support system around the athletic department? What, what pieces do you guys have in place that you're being able to utilize and, and for, for the student athletes there on campus right now? Well, I mean, it starts from the top. Um, I, I didn't realize this as an assistant, just how supportive our athletic director was. <laughs> um, but actually getting to sit down with him, he, he's the kind of guy is, is, what do you need? What can I do to help? Message me. He'll call and check up on me. And I didn't realize that that was happening from, from the higher ups. And so he's been there. Hey, what do you need? Are you checking with your guys? You know, is there anything they need? Anything we need to do for them? Um, so it starts there. Um, you know, then you have the academic advisors, you have the alumni. Um, there's a ton of support for Campbell. I mean, everybody's, everybody from the top down is, is, is on board. So, and that, that there's a lot of kudos go to Colac for that. Obviously he's, he's built something special here. So it's been easy. It's been easy for me to, to, to take over a healthy program. So now, well, you're in an integral part of, of building that with, with Carrie and the rest of the staff and every, everything that, that you guys have had to navigate through for the last six years. But, you know, for, for me, you know, I'm very familiar with who you are and what you've done and what you, where you've been in the sport, but, you know, I wanted to take a step back before we actually jump in, into the job here and, you know, you're, how you're going to attack this moving ahead. I wanted to give some people some background that maybe not as familiar with you, um, but you're from Florida. We're a, we're a four-time state champion in Florida moved up to Michigan for your college career at central Michigan, where you, you were a two-time all American um, for one of the best coaches in my mind, one of the best coaches in the country, uh, uh, Tom Borelli. Um, then you, you made your first coaching stop out on the West coast at Cal Poly spent several years out there. And then you've spent, you know, a handful of years here at, at Campbell as the assistant, the former associate head coach and, and now the head coach. So as we look into that, I know every coach, when they step into your shoes for the first time, they, they reference people from their past and how they've helped them shape their co coaching philosophy, their athletic philosophy. So, you know, look back on, on some of the, the people that have really impacted and shaped your, uh, your coaching philosophy and, and how instrumental has that been for you to be in this position now? And how, how much are you going to draw on some of the things that you've learned from those important influencers in your past yeah absolutely so yeah you learn a lot from everybody you, you, you come in contact with you know from Borelli he's very regimented um he's he's, he's a wise guy um you know he's, he's very particular in his training he's very planned he's very organized that's the kind of guy you, you get from Tom um still a guy I call on to today um if I ever run into an issue or something I haven't seen before he's been around a long time um Cal Poly uh, Buckley was, was, was really good with alumni, really good with, with relationships, you know, really good with people. Um, so I learned a lot there. He also gave me a lot of responsibility when I went out there, um, cause he knew I wanted to be a head coach. So he, he put a lot on my plate, which, you know, helped me learn all the ins and outs of the program. And then somebody like Colat, who is probably one of the most creative people I've ever been around and watching how he runs a room, how, 
you know, his training philosophies, you know, he's, you know, when people think of Colad, I think from the outside looking in, they think he's this old school, you know, hard nose, but that's not the case at all. He's really new school. I mean, we, we hit the pools, we hit the, you know, different, different cross training and, and, you know, he's just really smart. And so I've learned a lot of, of that from him and obviously a lot from the mo motivational side. I think that's probably one of the things he was best at is just motivating guys. Um, so I picked a little bit from each of them. Um, all three very, very different people. If you put all three of them in the room, they'd, you'd think they were all opposites. So um, luckily I've been, I've been blessed with, with just surrounding my, myself with different types of people, you know, but, but people that are, you know, I could call on at any point in time and get, get answers if I need them. So most head coaches, typically they're coming from a different institution. And, and I know the biggest learning curve jumping into a new institution is, is one, understanding what the university is truly about. Even though you go through it in the, in the, in the interview process, it's, you've, you've got to, there's, there's a learning curve to understand the uniqueness of the institution, the athletic departments, the, in developing relationships within there. But how much of a, of a benefit has it been to, to have the familiar familiarity, have the connections, have the relationships developed um, on some level for, with on the campus side of things with admissions from the athletic side of things, as far as uh, working with your athletic support, working with your, your athletic training staff, working with your, all your different support systems, strength, strength and conditioning, all those different parts. Like how much of a, of a benefit, especially in a time like this with everything that's going on nationally, how comforting it is that you've been there. You, you have these relationships already established. Oh yeah. It's, it's been huge. It's made my life easy. I couldn't imagine having to take over another program and worry about moving and getting my family there and also trying to figure out who's who and what I need to do to get things done. So, so here I, I know what needs to be done. I know who I need to contact to get those things done. I know how fast it's going to take them to get those things done. Um, so it's been easy. You know, I already kind of know how the programs ran and, and what it needs and, and how it needs to get to that next step. And, um, so it's been, it's been a pretty simple transition. I already know the guys and, um, you know, yeah, I, I, it would be tough to imagine having to take over a program and move. I, 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 I wouldn't, uh, envy that person. And also like, so you have familiarity, but the other thing that, that I think is like critical is like you've been through real wars and real battles in the last five, six years at Campbell, like everything that you guys have had to navigate through has probably one of been one of from the outside looking in one of the biggest rebuilding jobs that I've ever seen one because when you guys took over the program you were on probation you were in APR trouble you had you couldn't comp compete in the postseason um, and so you literally in essence started the started the program from scratch and so Take us through kind of some of the things that you've had to navigate through from the start of the program, establishing culture, establishing philosophy, getting the level of buy-in, and just run through the last five, six years of all the different parts that you've had to, to really navigate through and where you position the program and how much of a benefit is going through those battles and, and, and bleeding, bleeding that blood to, to get the program up to where it is as a, you know, where you position the program now as a, a top 20 program. Yeah. So early on, it was just about numbers, right? Cause we couldn't convince the best kids in the country to come here and wrestle at Campbell because we hadn't shown that 
you could win a national title here. So early on, it was just about numbers. Um, and then through, you know, through time, just from training hard, some of those number numbers would dwindle down each year, but you'd always start with a big number, right? 55 on roster. Um, then over time, as, as some of the guys started having success, luckily, Cole had actually had Nathan Kreiser transfer uh, with him from, from UNC, so we already had a hammer. And as he started having more success, it, it made recruiting a little bit easier. Um, so then you go into the transition of, of we have higher level recruits coming in. You have guys that were already here and went from possibly being the starter or number two on the ladder to being number three or four on the ladder. So then there was that changing of the guard where you have higher level recruits coming in, already beating the guys you have, making these guys tougher or those guys dropping out. And then as levels started going up, you just get tougher and tougher kids. The level comes up, the low guys would, would either move on or stick around. Um, and then just, you just get higher level and everything just started going up and performance started happening. And, you know, when you start winning, people start wanting to get involved. So then the alumni start getting involved again, the, the donors start coming in. We can, you know, we were able to start, you know, getting this facility that we needed, getting the staff we needed in place. I think when, when Colat took over, it was him and one part-time assistant, you know, at, at, at this point now it's, you know, you have the head coach, two assistants, um, a volunteer assistant, you have a director of ops. Um, we have an entire, we have a team, you know? Um, so it's just, you know, as you're, as you're having more success, more support comes and it just keeps getting a little bit easier to keep that ball rolling and, and keep climbing. And that's, that's a critical thing. I mean, you can have the right, right vision, the right culture, the right philosophy, but if you don't have the support, I mean, that's, that's, that's a battle that, that's, that's hard to win. Um, but it seems like everything that you, you guys have been able to establish, not only on your end, but it seems like the administration is, is an active participant in the program. They're actively involved. They're actively trying to elevate the program. And that's one of the most critical pieces. I think when, when people inventory a program and they say, well, th this program should be this, or that sh program should be that. When you, when you get behind the curtain, the reality of that is the, the landscape of that a lot of times is much different. But I think from what you're saying and what you've established and what the, what the, the university and the athletic department, you have everything you need to compete. And not only that, you've established, I think, a level of belief, not only within your program, the guys within the program have a level of belief that they can compete against anybody in the country. And you, you proved this this year by beating Iowa State, by you know, running the conference schedule, winning the conference dual meet and, and tournament title. So there's, there's a level of belief established within the program. But I think that's permeated throughout the athletic department when they look at Campbell Wrestling and what you guys have done. How critical is that administrative support, you know, that, that you've been able to observe and the relationships that you've established there? Oh, it's, it's huge. Um, obviously you, you can't do it unless you have the resources. Um, for us, if, if you want to be a, a nationally competitive team, you got to have the budget to travel. You got to have the, the coaches on staff. Um, you know, you, you got to have, be able to recruit. You got to be able to fly in and see a kid and fly the best kids in the country in and, and it's them. They're, they're the ones that give us, give us that opportunity. Um, so without them, you know, money doesn't make the world go around. We tell our guys all the time, you could, you could be one of the best wrestlers in the country if you have one mat on a concrete slab. 
But this, if you walk into our, our complex, you can see that this is a highly supportive program. And it's, you know, money helps. <laughs> money helps for sure. And support helps. And, and uh, you know, the administration here wants to win and, and uh, they'll do what it takes. Yeah, speak speak to the facilities because that that's the tangible commitment. A, a lot of programs can say, oh, yeah, we're supported by the university. But then when, when you look what the program actually has, like, well, that 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 just seems like it's more lip service than than actual reality. But I've been down there. I've seen the room. And, you know, when I was coaching, especially when I was back in Penn State and we it's been about 10 years ago that they they opened their new room. And at the time, it was hands down the, the best room in the country. And people were like, oh, man, this is going to help the program so much. I'm like, no. I was like, it's still four walls in a wrestling mat. OK, we're still we're, we're still doing the same work. It doesn't matter if it's it's one mat or six mats. But what I did, what what I would always say to people, I was like, symbolic, symbolically, what this what this room means should speak volumes to the guys in the team, the recruits, the parents that we bring in. So it's 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 more than words. It's a symbolic testament to what the administration really is investing in your program. So I, I think when you step up and you see a program and you see a facility like like you guys have, I mean, you have to have one of the top 15 facilities in the country. I mean, it's got everything you could possibly need. Um, and speak to that symbolic commitment that, that you can communicate when you're talking to your kids, when you're talking to your recruits and your parents, like, yes, this isn't just lip service. Look what we have. Yeah, I mean, listen, Campbell. Campbell's not going to sell the, the the nightlife. We're not going to sell painting your face and passing out the football game. So there's two things we sell: school and wrestling. And so the wrestling side's really got to be here, and the academic side really got to be here. So when we bring a guy through and they see the facilities and they see what it used to be, it used to be this parking lot behind Moe's. And just in seven years, they built this entire arena. We went from having two mats to to, to three and a half full size mats. Um, a conference room, um, a hangout area with a $2,500 massage chair in it and TVs, which there's food and stuff in the fridge. Um, you know, we have brand new locker rooms with, with glow in the dark lockers. They glow orange and you can plug your phones into them and charge them and play music out of them. A hot tub and a cold tub for just wrestling an exercise room for just wrestling. Um, so you just see that growth and that, that, that fast growth, right? We went from, you know, having a tiny room and being in a parking lot to, you know, having one of the most convenient, um, accessible wrestling rooms in the country. So um, it's been huge. I mean, it definitely, it's one thing to talk about it with a kid, talk about what you can do here and say we're about, we're about, you know, academics and wrestling, but it's another thing for them to come in here and say, yeah, they, they mean that when he says it. So um, it's definitely helped on all ends. So on the recruiting front, because that's, that's, one of the most critical pieces. It's, it is the most incredible critical pieces. Like you can be the best coach in the world, but if you don't have talent, it doesn't matter how good of a coach you are. And I, you know, I would always laugh and tell people like great athletes make good coaches. Obviously you've got to have the right philosophy in place, but the talent's got to be there. So in your time, what do you, when you're looking at a recruit and I think we all look at different things. Obviously talent is a prerequisite. They've got to have the talent that you're looking for. So that's the obvious thing that you can just, we don't need to talk about that because there's got to be a level of talent to compete at this level. But beyond that, what have you guys found out about the athletes and the parents and the families you've recruited over the last five years that really is a fit 
what's what's going to be the fit for a Campbell athlete? Yeah, so so for us, we like grinders. Uh, I've always liked grinders, and, and by grinders, I'm not talking about your style of wrestling. I'm talking about a kid that that is unfazed, right? A kid that can lose early on in a tournament and battle back and take third. Um, I'm also looking for a kid that's independent, that's going to work on their own. We tell our guys here, if you do just what we tell you to do, you're not going to be a national champ. You're not going to get in the stand. Um, so I'm looking for a guy that's independent. Um, and what I mean by independent is, is, is he's answering his own questions. He's the one that's reaching out. You know, he's on top of things. Um, because the guy that's – if his, his parents are always looking after him and making the calls for him, when he gets away from mom and dad, he's not going to do well here, right? He's not going to do the extra work. He's not going to have somebody pushing him. And with us, we have such a big roster, we can't, you know, put our foot in, in guys' butts, every single guy's butts, right? You have, to, you have to take ownership, and we give you that extra 20% push in the end to get you on the stand. But it's got to come from you. And so for us, you know, we started recruiting kids from all around the country – not just in North Carolina, as far as Alaska, you know, we had a guy from Finland, a guy from Mongolia, you know, California, Texas, kids from all over the country. Um, and, and it came down to, you know, who's going who's gonna to be able to push themselves in the room, right? Um, so for us, it's independence and it's, it's, it's grinding. It's, it's get, always getting the next best thing and the next point. And, and so that's what we look for. Yeah. So as, as you're recruiting and, you know, how has it served you to be, you've literally been in every part of the country, wrestled in Florida, college career in, in Michigan, coaching career started in California. So how has that helped serve in developing national, national relationships? Because that's what recruiting is really about is the relationships you, you establish with, with, with state level coaches, with club coaches, with national team coaches at different states you know, how have those different experiences in all the geographic areas that, that you've lived in over the last 10, 15 years, how how's that served to, to really cultivate and grow your recruiting pool of, of relationships that you can tap into? Oh, it's it's been huge. You know, no matter where you're from in the country, there's somebody I can call about you. And, and I do a lot of homework. So, you know, I'm going to call, you know, coaches in the area. I'm going to call people I know in that area. I'm going to see how you, you know, carry yourself out offside the mat, inside the mat. Um, but then I also use my guys on my team, right? So people don't understand this. The guys on my team are my best recruiters. And we have such a good culture. These are the kinds of kids they want to be good. They'll say, hey, this kid might be the same weight as me, but we need to recruit him because he's good. Um, and so I'll use my guys because, you know, they know who the best kids are in their state, you know, whether it's Montana, Florida, you know, California, Pennsylvania, they'll say, this is a guy you need to go after. And this is a guy that's not, not a lot of people are talking to. And so I use the guys on my team and, you know, to branch out. And then I also use the coaches and, and uh, it just makes it easier and easier and, and just having a good relationship, treating people right, being honest with them. It makes recruiting easier and easier as you go along and you build that reputation with people. Now let's talk about your, this specific geographic uh, location of of Campbell. You're in North Carolina, and traditionally, you know, we've looked at the South, and there hasn't been a lot of success. But over the the course of the last five years, five, six, seven years, we've seen a, the Southern Conference elevate. We've we've seen Campbell rise to the top of the su- Southern Conference, but also just down the road in your in your su- surrounding region region, we've seen the elevation of the ACC Conference. And some people might say in your position, like, 
oh man, I've got all this competition around me. It's making my my job more difficult. I tend to look at the the ACC and the South and and the movement that's going on there as a positive thing for Campbell because you can look to the left, to the right, the North and South in the state and say, hey, there's there's programs having success all over the state, and that's a that's a good thing. Is that is that the view you take of North Carolina of uh, the, the the wrestling that's going on down south yeah absolutely these these other programs are doing a good job um you know app state included i think they do a good job with the north carolina kids um i guess you'll see that they have the right people in place to, to get the right kids i don't know what their rosters look like ours has kids from all over the country not just north carolina um but for us we can talk about hey we can go and hit these schools every open tournament that that's local you're going to be seeing all these best kids in the country and that's big for rpi that's big for in your red shirt year, getting the competition that you need. Um, and it makes things a little bit easier in that sense. Uh, but yeah, it's, it doesn't really affect us that much in regards to, um, being, being local, but I guess I could just sell the the competition side of things, but we haven't really talked much about what these other programs are doing because like I said, we're, we're not recruiting North, just, just North Carolina kids. We're recruiting kids from, from all over the country. So. Now let, let's let's jump into the team itself. And I know when you guys first jumped in, you were literally you were the ones driving culture, you were driving expectations, you were setting standards. But you know, as as you progressed up the national ranks over the last five years and positioned yourself this year as a top twenty program, how critical was it to transition from your driving culture? to getting that built-in built in internal leadership and accountability from, from the guys in your team? And how is that going to serve you now that that's established? Because this, this is something that, that Carrie and I had the opportunity to talk about. It's like getting that buy, not just the buy-in, because that's, that's the first step, but getting that belief and the level of ac- accountability that you have to have the, the guys in your team embrace to help establish that li- internal leadership, that internal level of accountability, how critical is that to the growth of the program and how much are you going to rely on that to drive the, and push the program forward? Huge. We have one word, it's ownership. These guys have ownership of the program. They, they feel like it's theirs. The, the, the team wins are theirs. It's not the head coach's team win. It's the guy's team win. It's Campbell Wrestling's team win. And that goes from not just the starters. It goes to the, the guys in the practice room. It goes to the administration. It goes to, to the staff. It goes everywhere. And so ownership's the big word that we use. These guys help in all aspects of wrestling, the wrestling program, um, and they see what we do. And that, that goes from fundraising. Our guys will fundraise. Our guys will get on the phones. They'll make the calls. They'll, they'll get donations coming in. Um, they understand that it, it takes money to, to, and it takes a budget to, to travel all over the country and wrestle the best teams, to, to have the facility we have, to have the training resources we have. So they're in on fundraising. They understand recruiting. We'll tell them they know what weights we need. They know who the best kids are. So they'll come to us and tell us which kids to recruit. At the same time, when I bring a recruit in and they take them, you know, outside of the wrestling room, they're interviewing that kid. They're making sure that kid fits with us. And they're, you know, without even us asking, they're reporting back to us and they say, hey, that's a kid we need to get. That's a kid that can help this team. Or that's a kid, even though he might be good on, on, on paper coach, He's not going to fit in here. He doesn't live the right lifestyle. And so that makes our job easier, having that trust in them that they're not just going to tell us those things because they're afraid of a kid. They're going to tell us those things because they want to win. It's important to them to win. 
And so that ownership of the program, them feeling like it belongs to them because it does at the end of the day has made my job easier. Um, cause it's just like having other guys working for me, you know, they're, they're, they want to win and, and they're going to be honest and, and, and help continue pushing this train forward. And I think that's a critical thing that establishing faith and trust, you know, a, a mutual faith and trust that goes back and forth between that, the, the athlete and the coach and, and having, having the luxury of knowing like, yeah, all these guys are bought in, they believe. And so when I turn them over, I recruited this guy. I know what he's doing every day. And so when he tells me, Hey coach, this kid ain't a good fit. Like it's, it's nice when you've established that the cultural expectation where, you know, you can rely on the guys in your team and that, that they're supporting and you're driving. And when they're, they're away from you, when they're, you know, at an apartment or in the dorms, hanging out with other recruits, they're being, everything they're saying is reinforcing the same things that you're, you're telling the recruit during the process. Yeah, absolutely. So, so the one thing we tell recruits and, and our guys have heard this a million times is I look at the two people you surround yourself with and you're probably the average of those two people. And at Campbell's campus, there's a good average. These are guys that I'd leave my son around. These are guys that when recruits come, if they're, they're guys that want to win and they care about school, they're going to fit in. They're going to love it here. It's like a training camp. And so over time, it just gets easier and easier because, you know, they're helping me. They know what we're looking for and, and they're, you know, I can rely on them. I don't have to overthink anything. So when you're, so now let's look at, you know, the, the next, probably one of the, the, the next pieces you got to put into place is establishing your, your staff. Now, from what, from my understanding, did, did everybody follow, follow carry up to, to Navy? Yes. Yes. So, so blaze um, and Mike, they both followed them. Um, Blaze's wife, Kate, she's our director of ops. She's going to stay here and finish out her contract and help me out um, until I think June or July is when her contract ends. And then she's going to carry on out to Navy. So it's a brand new staff. Yep. So been doing a lot of phone calls. And then this is critical. You know, these are not only is the recruiting, but the, the staff you assemble. I mean, that's, that's the biggest piece. So what are you looking for? You've, you've got, three, three positions to fill, you know, I'm sure you've had discussions, you've, you've relied on people, pick their brain, but, but now as you move forward, what are you looking for in your, your head assistant, your second assistant, your volunteer, and, and then potentially the director of ops is a critical role anymore, as far as, you know, administering the program, making sure all, all the I's are dotted, T's are crossed, all those things. So all these are critical hires. So break down each one of those roles from the head assistant, second assistant, volunteer coach, and the director of ops. Like, what, what are you looking for? What complementary parts are you, you looking for to, to, to complement you? What, what maybe new elements are you looking to add to the staff? So, you know, go from there. What are, you, what are your thoughts there? So it's important to, to understand my own strengths and weaknesses, right? So where I'm really good is, is I'm really good with relationships. So I've, I've had a, a lot of success and, and I'm really comfortable with, with recruiting, with finding the right guys, with, with making them, you know, developing that trust, getting guys to come here. They love it here. Um, so I know I can handle recruiting pretty well. Um, you know, one thing that I, I, you know, also like to do is, is, is fundraising, right? I'm, I'm pretty tight with the alumni. So I need to find somebody that, that would, would hit one of my weaknesses. So one thing that I really need in a head assistant or an associate head coach 
is somebody that can help me run the room, right? So I can run the room, but watching how Carrie does it, there's definitely levels to it, right? Um, so for me, it's finding a room guy, someone that understands the training, the, the, the highs and the lows, how to peak a guy. Um, so, so somebody with some more experience. Um, for the second assistant, I want another guy that can recruit, a little guy um, who can roll with my 41, 49s, um, you know, help get Josh Heil on the stand, but also help me with that safety net of recruiting. Because obviously with, with head coach, there's going to be things that's going to drive me away at times from, from being as um, effective at, as, at recruiting as maybe I was as, as an assistant. Um, for the director of ops, what I'm going to try to do is keep Noah Gonzer around. Um, Gonzer wants to be a, a head coach one day. And so I feel like if I can keep him around and I know he's going to have options because he's a great pickup for anyone. Um, you know, I'd be able to give him, you know, people think coaching is just the guy yelling, but there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that I think at director of ops, Gonzer would be able to pick up. That's going to help him be a head coach one day. And so my goal is to try to keep him a uh, volunteer assistant. I'm not sure if I'm going to have that or this year or not. I might have to fundraise more to get one. Um, but if I'm able to have one or if, you know, Andrew Morgan doesn't get his year. I'd like to try to find a way to keep him, but that's something I'd have to work out. Um, just to have a guy here that understands the program can work with the big guys, but the goal is to try to get Andrew Morgan's year back. Um, so that's my plan right now. Um, I have a big guy picked out already, uh, 10 plus years of experience, three time all American national finalist, um, U S senior nationals champ. Um, but I can't announce his name yet. So, I have one picked out. I just have a few more to, to slot in. I think I won't give it away, but I think based on that information, I've got two or three guys in mind that, that fit. That's a pretty small selection based upon that, the, but that's exciting. That's awesome. Um, so moving ahead, and then this is kind of where I want to wrap up. I don't, I don't want to take a, a ton of your time, and I appreciate you, you jumping on, like moving ahead. And I've had a couple conversations, and – I shot these people down right away when they were like, hey, do you think Sentis can can maintain? I'm like, no, maintaining the status quo is is not what Scotty's thinking about. I know this from, from talking to Carrie enough. And this was just what you guys established the previous three years and where were you were positioned there. This was just the start, right? And I, I, I shot these people down right away. I'm like, no. It's not about maintaining the status quo. I know the vision and and the goals that the that that the staff had before Kerry left. It ain't going to change now. You ain't going to go backwards or say, "Oh, I help. I hope we can keep our head above water." Water. What's your What's your philosophy? Where Where do you Where are you moving ahead? Because I know those were talks that you and Kerry had about where you were and where you're going. So, what's the next steps for the program? I'm not a guy that wants to take over a, a good program. I'm a guy that wants to take over a good program and make it great. So the goal has always been top 10. You know, we want to be top 15, top 20 every year, and then start breaking in that top 10 and pushing forward. And so that's where our heads are at. That's where the guys on our team's heads are at. There's nobody here that, that wants to take a step backwards. You get a little bit of taste of that nectar of winning, of, of having that national attention. You don't want to let it go. And, and these guys here understand that. And I think recruits, when they meet us and they meet our guys, and they see what we're about here, they're going to understand it too. So yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. It's, it's, it's not putting the, the foot on the brake. It's putting it on the gas a little bit more and pushing forward. I love it. I love it. Well, Hey Scotty, thanks again for, for taking time out of your day. I know, I know you're really slammed, but you know, really excited for you. Appreciate the opportunity to have you, have you on the show today. Good luck 
building out your staff. It's going to be fun over the next couple of weeks to see who actually jumps on board and how you build this out and how you position it ahead. But, you know, you have a lot of fans here at Rudis. We, we've, we've established some things we're going to connect. You know, that's the one thing that I told Carrie. I'm like, Hey, just cause you're gone, make sure you tell Scotty, like we're here for him, whatever he needs. So uh, we, we love what we've been able to, to do with you. We want to support, you know, the mission and the goals of, of Campbell wrestling and congratulations on, on the head job and good luck moving ahead. All right. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for your time.